0: Welcome to the Battle Cry podcast with Convention of State's Action President, Mark Meckler. You can watch the original live broadcast Sunday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Convention of State's Facebook and Rumble channels. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Battle Cry. I'm excited to be with you. I'm Mark Meckler, the host of the Battle Cry here on Sunday evenings. And I love being with you guys. And sometimes I can't. I'm out traveling to get other kind of special stuff that producer G tries to work in. But I like being home on Sunday nights and I like being with you guys. And the reason I do is I love the feedback I get from you and everything I do, the reason that I do what I do, the reason that I travel, the reason that I'm engaged in politics, the reason that I fight for a convention of states is because of you. And it sounds weird to you. You're watching like me. You don't even know me, but I kind of do know you. Some of you I actually know personally. But I know all of you in a general sense and that I've been traveling now for 15 years, literally all over the country. I've been in 48 states, two more to go, North uh, North Dakota and Alaska. I'm going to check Alaska off here uh, at the end of August. But I've been all over the country. So if I haven't met you directly, I've met people like you, people who live near you, people who believe the way you believe. And the thing that's most important to me about everything I do in politics, in activism, is elevating you is doing the best I possibly can to speak for you. And and what I mean by that is, not that you can't speak for yourself, but I get the opportunity to speak in the media, to do it here on a Facebook Live, to maybe be on Tucker's show right before he got canceled, hopefully the new one when that really gets ripping. But to be out there and to do radio interviews and print interviews and what I'm always thinking of when I do those things is, what would you say if you had a chance to do what I'm doing? And I would say the highest praise that I ever get isn't people saying, oh, you did such a great job, you're so fantastic, whatever that stuff. I don't listen to that stuff if people say it. It's when people say, you're saying exactly what I'm thinking. Because remember, so much of what I get, if I say anything that's smart, if there's any wisdom, the majority of it honestly comes from you guys. It's from listening to you all the time. So part of the battle cry is me talking, but part of it is, your comments, your questions, your feedback. I am constantly listening to you. So we always have a theme for the week, a call to action. And this week's call to action is go see Sound of Freedom. If you haven't done that yet, you need to do it. You need to do it this weekend. It is an incredible movie. If you're wondering what's the buzz all about, the buzz is all about the fact that this is a great movie. And that's first and foremost to me. One thing I think the conservatives have done wrong in the way they make movies and write books and stuff is, They think about the idea they want to spread first before the idea of making a great movie or making great music or whatever it is. And I think it's really important if we're going to have, I apologize, this is Winston sticking his face in. Winston is a 14, almost 15-month-old Great Dane at this point, and he loves to come on camera. He's just a ham. Really what he wants is my attention because I'm giving you my attention. So if he pokes in from time to time, you got to forgive me. That's just what big, dumb Great Danes do. Fourteen months, fifteen months. How old are you, buddy? Hundred and twenty pounds. Just a little puppy. All right, buddy. Go ahead. So the reason you need to see Sound of Freedom is it's just great. It's awesome. If you watch it, and it's hard to watch because it's about a difficult subject, sex trafficking and kids. But if you watch it, you're going to come away feeling like you saw a great piece of art. They created a great movie. The acting, Jim Caviezel and the other actors, are phenomenal. The kids who act in it are phenomenal. The cinematography is great. The story is compelling and interesting and exciting. And you're just going to love it as a movie. You're going to feel like you came away seeing a great piece of filmmaking. But you're also going to see something that matters. Not every movie matters. You can watch a great movie. It's just interesting and compelling and beautiful. and, And you just enjoy it. In this case, it matters. This is an incredibly important subject. And we just pulled this, by the way, over three quarters of Americans believe that this is really important that the federal government, our governments are not doing enough to combat human trafficking, sex trafficking, child trafficking, slavery is really what it is. They're not doing enough to combat slavery, slavery in the United States of America. It's over 90% of Republicans. It's 70% of, uh, I'm sorry, 80% of independents, 70% of Democrats say that we're not doing enough to, to stop human trafficking. It should be 100%. I, I think the people who aren't saying, who aren't saying that We need to do more people just don't know what's going on. If you watch this movie, I promise you're going to know what's going on. I got to watch a pre-screen of it before it came out in the theaters, and I watched it with my wife, Patty, and she didn't want to watch it because it's hard, because it's a difficult movie. And even when the movie started uh, pretty quickly, she felt compelled to get up and leave, and she never did. Uh, Probably three, four times in the movie, she's like, I don't know if I can watch this. And I said, you can leave whenever you want. I'm not forcing you to watch it. Uh, I need to watch it. I want to watch it. And she stayed. And she stayed because it's important, and because it's incredibly well made. It's important because we need to stop this. If we as a country, if we as human beings can't take care of the most vulnerable among us, our children, if we can't engage our hearts in doing something about that, then it says a lot about who we are as people. And in the United States of America, this is the largest market in the world for sex trafficking. Think about that. For people sold into slavery, human beings, including small children, to be used as sex objects for pedophiles. That's a business model. If we can't, as human beings, find it within ourselves to do something about that, each of us individually, then what does it say about who we are individually? And what does it say about who we are as a country? So I think this is an important movie because it's bringing this to light. It's also doing incredibly well in the theaters. You know, they expected this thing to make four, five, $6 million. I think it's projected to do over $40 million right now. It might already be at the $40 million spot. Go see it, go see Sound of Freedom, bring some friends with you, support good art. It's not conservative, by the way. It's not intended to be a political movie. It's intended to bring this problem to light. Some people are opposing this movie and it blows my mind. And I would say if you come out in opposition to this movie, if you see somebody saying, oh, you shouldn't see that movie uh, because it's conservative or because it's Christian or whatever you say, then you're probably a pedophile. So I would ask the person, really, are you in support of pedophilia? Are you are you in support of child sex trafficking? Because you must be if somehow you're opposed to this movie. There are people on the left coming out in opposition to it saying it's QAnon adjacent or something like that. I Honestly, I don't really know anything about QAnon. I don't think Winston does either. He just wants to play. Uh, anyway, go see it, I promise you. I'm not gonna say you're enjoying it in the sense that it's an enjoyable experience because it's difficult, but I think it's an important movie for you to see, and I'm gonna encourage you all to go see it. Let me know what you think of it next week. Number two, we're gonna talk today about presidential politics, and we're probably gonna do this every week from here on out until November of 2024, because it's gonna be a weekly phenomenon. And what happens each week is somebody's hot, somebody's not. We're gonna talk about who's hot and who's not, and then we're gonna give a weekly incident report. There's going to be some kind of incident in the presidential elections every single week from here through November 2024. We're gonna report those, who's hot, who's not, and what's the incident reports. Who's hot right now? Donald Trump. Donald Trump is in motion. It looks like he's on the move. I'm not gonna say he's inevitable because things happen and we're still a ways off from the real primaries taking place, the first caucuses, in Iowa, New Hampshire, but man, he's on the move and he's increased his lead. DeSantis seems to have stalled out a little bit, at least in the polls. He's not making the news. He, the exciting stuff is is happening right now in the Trump numbers. That's really where it's playing out. So right now I would say, And this is not about who I support or don't support, so don't give me grief for it. It's right now Trump's hot, DeSantis is not. All the other candidates are sort of also rans in the race. Uh, You know, I'm not sure why some of them are even running. A lot of them are saying things that are good and smart, but I just don't think they have a chance. I think right now, it's DeSantis versus Trump. Now, I could be proven wrong. It's happened in previous elections, the front runners fall, but right now it looks like it's Trump's to lose. So. That's who's hot, who's not. Then the question is, what's the incident this week? And the incident this week took place in Iowa. Governor Kim Reynolds, who I think has been a fantastic, perhaps one of the best governors in the United States of America right now, handled COVID really well, handling everything well in her state right now, is about to sign a six-week abortion ban, uh, got that done in her state. So I think she's been a superstar as a conservative. Donald Trump is on the attack against her, which seems crazy to me as a front runner, no need for him to do this, but apparently, Governor Reynolds, her position is she's not going to endorse anybody, and she's willing to appear with any presidential candidate that comes in her state if she's asked. That seems like a good approach to me in a hot primary. And so Trump apparently got very angry with her about that, uh, tried to say he's the reason she won her race. That may be true for DeSantis' first race. It's not true of Governor Reynolds. Governor Reynolds was a rock star. She was gonna be reelected. She didn't need Trump's support to get elected. She was appointed the first time and then elected the second time. I think she won by a 19 point margin or something like that. She's done a great job there in Iowa. I've been there a bunch. People love her. So, why Trump is picking a fight with a conservative rock star doesn't make sense to me. But that's the weekly incident. And then all the other candidates, or a whole bunch of them, and a bunch of Republican politicians came out in support of Governor Reynolds. We even had some switch endorsements away from Donald Trump because of his attack on their governor there in Iowa. So some Iowa legislators switch their endorsements to Ron DeSantis because they won't support the presidential candidate attacking their governor. So that's the who's hot, who's not in the incident report on the weekly presidential. Let's switch now to something we're going to probably do weekly because it's just every week, which is the culture wars and all the abominations. So what's the current culture abomination? Apparently, Walt Disney is now remaking Snow White. Let your mind run with that. They're going to do it in live action instead of animated. So what do you think they're going to do? You know what they're going to do. I don't even have to tell you what they're going to do. Snow White is not going to be white. That's right. Look, I don't really care. I just think it's interesting because part of Snow White is she's very white, right? Like that's part of her character. And it's not white as in race. She has very white skin. That's part of Snow White. That's why she's called Snow White. In this movie, she's going to be played by a Hispanic woman. Okay, I guess. I think that's okay, I guess. I think the most interesting thing is what they've done to the seven dwarves because they will no longer be the seven dwarves. They will be a dwarf and six other characters of important diversity, I guess is the word ethnicity men women gender height i don't know i'm i haven't seen this but i'm assuming there's going to be a somebody who is allegedly a man pretending to be a woman or a woman pretending to be it's absurd they're dressed in the pictures i've seen in what looks like thrown away outfits from a renaissance fair somewhere i mean it looks like an absolute disaster they're going to spend a couple hundred million dollars making this movie they're going to set that money on fire it's going to be a big old bonfire right The movie's gonna make no money. Maybe they don't even finish the production. It looks so bad and so horrifying and so destructive to what is an intellectual property classic probably worth hundreds of millions of dollars. They're gonna burn it to the ground. Part of this came uh, because a famous actor uh, who also happens to be a dwarf said it was really horrible that it's seven dwarves. And so it looks like Disney might have reacted to that. I'm not sure that's the case, but. Uh, if that's the case, good job, Mr. Actor Dwarf, because you just cost six of your compatriots who probably don't get that many jobs in Hollywood because there aren't that many jobs for dwarves. You just caught six, six of them probably very high paying jobs with Disney. Like these people eat their own in a way that's just, it doesn't make any sense to me. I don't get it. Now, closely related to our culture corner abomination is the gender ideology madness. And that madness continues to destroy women's sports. And I don't understand why more women aren't standing up and saying this is an outrage. Riley Gaines is a swimmer from University of Kentucky. She's standing up and sort of lead, leading the charge and going out and speaking in public, getting assaulted for it, saying it's absurd and offensive that women are losing out to men in women's sports. But here's one that goes to a whole new level. There's something called the World Olympics. The Olympics are for handicapped folks, uh, people with disabilities, In this case, the story is about somebody with a hearing, or I'm sorry, a visual impairment who is a runner. And this is a dude. Make no mistake, it's a guy. You can look at this. Check this picture out. That's a guy with long hair and maybe some mascara who apparently took third place in the women's para-athletics championships in Spain. Because that's fair How? Because that's good for women's sports. How? As a father of a daughter who played soccer, how would that be good for my daughter or your daughter or anybody's daughter? I'm going to be perfectly blunt and frank. I don't give a damn about this guy and his desire to compete against women. You want to go compete in sports? Compete against men. You're a dude. Get over it. Your sick fantasy and your sick desire to beat up women in sports, it's outrageous. And it's just... its Well, here's the best way to say it. And and I gotta give credit where this is due. This came from Sarah Huckabee Sanders, and she said this in the response to President Biden's State of the Union. She said, we live in a world where we're now engaged in a fight between crazy and normal. That dude is crazy. That dude's crazy. Women who wanna compete against other women in athletics, real, actual women, genetic women, biological women they're normal this dude is crazy and the people who let him compete against those women they're not just crazy they're evil and they're stealing opportunity from women in women's sports and this has got to stop and my hats off to riley Gaines and anybody else like her women who are willing to stand up if you're a woman stand up please stand up against this stuff publicly against this madness support riley Gaines and others who are gonna come out against this kind of stuff. We have to be able to be willing to speak truth into the world. Sometimes you're gonna get attacked for it, and sometimes your positions, when you speak the truth, are not going to be popular. And here's one that might not be popular. It's on the war in Ukraine. Look, I've had and I've been open about my mixed feelings on the war in Ukraine. When you can spend money, and weapons and treasure to defeat a geopolitical foe without putting any of your troops in harm's way, I generally think that's a pretty good deal. And I generally like that. So Ukraine got attacked by an aggressor, which is Russia. We know who the aggressor was. But to be fair, part of that was set up by Joe Biden. He showed so much weakness. He actually came out and said, what we do would depend on whether it was just a limited intrusion or a, a more aggressive intrusion like that's insane to say something like that part of this was set up uh by the posture of the u.s by what we did in afghanistan our embarrassing humiliating devastating evil withdrawal from afghanistan you know that putin looked at that and said joe biden is weak and so part of it that the fact there's even a war in ukraine is the fault of the united states and specifically The fault of this administration. You'll note it didn't happen under Donald Trump. And this is not because I'm some uh, accolade of Donald Trump. It's not because I love everything Donald Trump did, but he was strong on the world stage and nobody invaded anybody during Trump's uh, term as president. Joe Biden comes in, he blows it in Afghanistan, he shows weakness everywhere in the world. The Middle East is completely unstable. Russia invades Ukraine. So, we support Ukraine. I was initially in support of that. I always want to know what's the end game. We're supporting Ukraine to what end? Now, Joe Biden says over and over, we support Ukraine as long as it takes anything it takes. And that even apparently now includes cluster bombs, cluster munitions, which are known not only for being horrible, dangerous munitions. All munitions are horrible and dangerous. They are purpose built, But these leave all kinds of unexploded munitions around the countries in which they're used they've done this historically all over the world over 100 countries have banned them uh jen Saki, speaking on behalf of president biden previously earlier in in the administration said that these were too dangerous and it'd be a war crime to use them apparently unless we give them to somebody to use them. apparently unless it's one of our allies here ukraine uses them So we've now sent cluster munitions to Ukraine. I don't understand that. I don't understand what the end game is. As long as it takes, it's not a strategy. It's not an end game. We've now thrown into the mix the idea that we won't consider Ukraine for membership in NATO until the war is over. Now, I don't even know if we should consider Ukraine for membership in NATO. It's kind of a dangerous proposition. I think part of talking about that is part of what motivated Putin to move on Ukraine. Again, I'm not saying I have the answers. I'm just saying, what the heck is the strategy? This doesn't make any sense to me. Like, what are we doing there? Because if you say, we're not going to let Ukraine into NATO unless that war is over, then what advantage does Putin see to ending the war at all? Because he doesn't want Ukraine in in NATO. So if he says, I don't want Ukraine in NATO, what's he going to do? He's just going to keep fighting for as long as he possibly can. So it just doesn't make any sense to me. How much money are we going to spend? And now here's the part that really worries me. Biden is moving, just signed an order allowing 3,000 reservists to be moved to Europe. We are increasing our troop presence in Europe. Are we going to war with Russia? Are we actually going to get into a fighting war, a hot war, our troops on the ground kind of war with Russia? I said from the beginning, I was not in favor of that. I don't think we, our interests there are strong enough. I don't think it's worth doing. I don't think there's anything for us to win. And I care first about the United States of America. Ukraine's not anywhere near the top of my list. A lot of important things we have to worry about in the world. Ukraine is among them, but it's not top among them and not even close. So I wanna know from President Biden, from Anthony Blinken, what are y'all doing? What's the plan? How are you gonna get us out of there? are you going to end the war? Or is it just an endless war intended to benefit, I don't know who, the military-industrial complex? Come on, guys, get it together. Okay, so that's Ukraine. That's a little bit depressing. So let's talk about something exciting. I want to show you some images, some footage from something I did early on this week. I guess it was Monday, Tuesday. I was in Nashville, and what I was doing is I was filming some pilot episodes for a new television show. So check this out. Now, this is so fun and cool and exciting. Maybe you saw some pictures there of the set. That set was purpose-built for this new show that we're working on. It's going to be a show, my show, where I'll host. And the intent is to elevate you. Yeah, the grassroots. That's my point. Is Again, I started with this this is what I do. I believe that you guys are the key to saving America. I believe that what you guys do out in the field, not just COS, but activists and and grassroots volunteers across many organizations, individuals stepping up and doing things, people running for office, you're the key to saving the country. And normally when you watch the news, what you see is dark, dismal, your vote doesn't count, we're never gonna win, uh, The kids are lost, the schools are lost, the colleges are lost, the corporations are lost. And if you're a rational person, when you're done, you finish thinking, I don't know what I can do. (laughs) There's nothing I can do. I should just give up. Buy guns and ammo and hide in the countryside, go into a cave, but definitely give up. And I don't believe that's correct. I've traveled all across this country. As I've said many times before, I've met you. I have hope. I have belief. I know there are God-fearing, America-loving patriots out there who aren't down with the woke ideology, who are gonna run for office, who are gonna volunteer for organizations, who are gonna be in the fight. So there's no reason to quit. There's no reason to give up, and there's no reason to lose hope. So on the new show, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna tell those stories. We're gonna bring in people who know those stories, uh, people who are maybe famous and well-known, who know these stories, who collect these stories when they're out in the field as well, then we're going to go out in the field and we're going to meet these people and tell their story. So I'm super excited about it. I'll give you more details as they become available. This is just a pilot right now. will be available online, uh, but it will also probably be available on a network somewhere. So look for that coming soon. The images are great. The set is great. Everything's perfect. Uh, filmed the beginning of three episodes. It all went beautifully. So who knows? Pray for us. Hopefully you'll see it soon. Uh, what's up with cos before we close out we still pending in north carolina i feel like i've been saying that week after week after week they've got a budget impasse going on it's kind of stalling everything out so we passed the house we're looking to pass the senate there with the convention of states resolution i think that looks pretty good uh, got an upcoming legal fight in kansas i think we already passed kansas we don't put it in the actual win column because there's gonna have to be some litigation they tried to put some restrictions on it that I believe are unconstitutional. So does their former attorney general. And we'll see what the current attorney general says. But Those could be number 20 and 21. So that's what's up with COS right now. Uh, lots of exciting stuff. This is the season really where we build our grassroots because the legislation in most states is not pending. So we focus on just the muscles, right? Building the muscle of grassroots activism, getting ready, going to our state strategy sessions, planning, our state strategies for 2024. Lots of stuff going on. There's a lot of stuff going on in Ohio right now, specifically, they have a special election going on to raise the threshold for changing or amending their constitution. It's going to hopefully, after this, uh, what do they call it, Uh, Measure A passes, then that would require a 60% threshold. Can you imagine being able to change your constitution with a 51% vote? That doesn't make any sense. The U.S. Constitution takes three-quarters, a 75% vote. Ohio, they're just trying to raise that to 60% so they don't get a bunch of crazy stuff in their Constitution. That election's coming up next month, so I know our activists are heavily involved in that. Always appreciate that you guys are involved in the important things. All right, I'm going to go to Q&A, always my favorite part. We will start with Karen McGinnis. She said, who are you? I just found this today. I love that question. Who am I? Just a guy, Karen. I am a guy originally from California, got involved when, a, when the early days of the Tea Party movement co-founded the largest Tea Party organization in the nation, Tea Party Patriots. 2012, I decided, you know, a lot of that's been co-opted by Washington, D.C. I don't want to do that anymore. Founded Citizens for Self-Governance. The idea was to restore the idea of self-governance to the American body politic. In other words, it's up to you. It's not just me. It's not up to the politicians in Washington, D.C. It's up to each of us. In our own lives in our own cities in our own counties in our own states and ultimately it's up to us to save the nation so that was citizens for self-governance did a couple of things along the way raised a million dollars gave it away to grassroots groups sued the irs and won a class action settlement for their abuse of the tea parties and then we founded convention of states and the idea of convention of states is use the constitution to save the constitution it takes 34 states or two-thirds of states to call a convention of states We are calling it specifically for the purpose of proposing, debating and proposing amendments that would put term limits on Congress and the deep state, the bureaucrats and the staffers and and those who run these agencies. I call that the Fauci Amendment. Number two, to impose fiscal restraints on D.C. D.C. is fiscally, financially out of control, impose a balanced budget amendment, spending caps, tax caps, make them apply generally accepted accounting principles, anything we can do to put a fiscal noose around Washington, D.C. And then the third thing is anything we can do to limit the scope and the power of Washington, D.C. In other words, tell them, no, you can't have a Department of Education or a Department of Energy or an EPA. All of those things were intended to be done by the states and many more. The Convention of States can do that. So that's who I am. I'm just a regular person like you. I just happen to stumble my way into this stuff. And I've dedicated my life to taking power away from Washington, D.C., taking power away from the government and giving it back to the people. Alex Gallimore asks, how many commissioners do you think will be at the simulated convention in Colonial Williamsburg that will attend from all 50 states? Alex, I think we're looking at probably in the range of 130 to 135 commissioners will attend from all 50 states. If you don't know it, August 2nd through the 4th in Colonial Williamsburg, we're gonna hold a simulated convention of states. We did this back in 2016. It was super successful. We wanted to do it again. To introduce a bunch of legislators who hadn't been before to this process a lot of those folks will be legislators from states some will be former legislators then i think probably 10 or 15 percent of the delegations will be made up of commissioners who are just citizens some lawyers some professors so look for that august 2nd through the 4th we'll be live streaming a whole bunch of that nora c asks any updates on pennsylvania or michigan but Pennsylvania and Michigan, as you guys know, got very difficult in the last election. They're messy. Uh, they had a bunch of bad election law stuff came down. I think unconstitutional stuff. I think there was a lot of fraud in those states. And the legislatures got just got turned upside down. So uh, we're sort of reworking our strategies there because of the new situation in the legislatures in both of those states. Dina in Florida said, I bought my whiskey glasses and I agree with your views on Trump and DeSantis. I'd be happy with your." I'd be happy with either of those guys as president. Frankly, there's a bunch of candidates I really like. Uh, Vivek Ramaswamy I find to be a super interesting guy. So what I want is I want a good conservative candidate who can articulate conservative principles, and that's who I want in the White House ultimately. And as far as the whiskey glasses, guys, we have these cool signature whiskey glasses that I designed. It's a whiskey glass with a leather wrap around it, like a leather holder. Uh, and it's it says tastes like freedom on one side. It's got my signature on the other side. We only had a hundred of those made. I'm glad you got yours, Dina. I don't know if there are any left, and there's no more extras for me. But if they're still there, I would recommend you order them because there were only a hundred of those made. Ellen Ferrara says we need an entirely new government. They're all crooked. Our government was never meant to be like this. It's so depressing and makes one not want to vote. Look, I agree with you, Eileen. There's so much crookedness. There's so much bad stuff going on. Don't let them depress you, don't let them take your hope away, don't let them keep you from voting. We have to vote, we have to be in the fight, we have to remember that the fight belongs to us, it's up to us, and they want to discourage you. They want you depressed, they want you to give up, they want you to lack hope so that you won't do the things that it takes to save the country. So if you ever feel like that, remember this, duty is ours and the results belong to God. That's a famous saying from john quincy adams fourth president of the united states he was asked why he kept doing what he was doing he was trying to abolish slavery he ran for congress after he was president he was in congress for 17 years he didn't abolish slavery but he was asked why do you do what you're doing you're not going to make this happen and he said duty is ours results belong to god so get out there and do your duty eileen uh, brian d75 from rumble says we have to move as many states as possible Indicate the Convention of States Article 5 arena, this is the proper way to correct federal overreach, use the Constitution, amend the behavior of the feds, put the genie back in the bottle, move to a true, free, and proud America with term limits, financial responsibilities, and he says it again, and term limits for starters. <laughs> so I agree with all of that. Obviously, Brian D75 on Rumble. Thanks for watching us on Rumble. We appreciate it. Make sure that you subscribe to Convention of States everywhere you can find us. That's Rumble, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, all the censorious places, as well as the non-censorious places, go over to Rumble. I recommend Rumble because they're not gonna censor us. I recommend Twitter. You can find me on Twitter, at Mark Meckler, and just like us, follow us, spread it around, be in the fight, and this week, remember, if you haven't seen it yet, this week, go out and see Sound of Freedom, because it's gonna touch your heart, great film, you're gonna be convinced that you need to do something to make a difference. That's all for this week on The Battle Cry. God bless you guys. I love you and I appreciate you. We will see you next week on The Battle Cry. This has been the podcast version of The Battle Cry with Mark Meckler. Visit conventionofstates.com to learn more. Thank you for listening.